everyone in podcast land. It's your pal, Tim. It is Monday, January 30th, 2023, and I am alone this time around. My buddy Matt called me last night and said he's got the flu. And I said, man, I had the flu last week. And now I don't have a voice. So honestly, we're both in trouble here. Our Monday streak is in deep trouble. We haven't missed a Monday in ages. And we certainly aren't going to start this Monday, even with both of us in bed under the weather. We'll leave it to Maddie to have a great idea. He said... Hey, remember the podcast we had before Ear Buddies? And I said, of course, how could I forget? It's uh, one of the ways we deepened our friendship in the mid-2010s all the way into about 2019. And he said, right, that one. He said, why don't you play a clip or two from that show? Uh, Maybe a clip where we talk about music, because... At first, we were talking about grammar and how much we felt it mattered. And at some point, pretty early on, we decided that maybe it actually doesn't matter as much as we thought it did. Uh, And so we started talking about other things, including music. He said, why don't you make a little clip show? And I said, that sounds great. I don't have to talk that much. I just intro the segs and... Let the gold flow. The gold that we recorded eons ago. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, Digging back into the archives of this now deleted show, uh, I found a lot of gems. There are a lot of of good nuggets of uh, conversation that Matt and I had in those early days, uh, including several good musical clips, but I'm just going to play one today. Uh, And then in in the second segment, I'll play uh, something just a little silly, just a silly segment we did. The first clip comes from episode 20 of Grammar Matters and Stuff That Isn't Funny. Matt and I tried to figure out which songs from the 1990s most perfectly summarize that decade. Uh, And it was sort of a precursor to what Ear Buddies would become, I think. Uh, Felt like a bit of a prototype for this new show. So I'm going to play that for you now. Uh, Let's listen to the first segment from the 2019 episode of Grammar Matters about 90s music. Let's hop in the Wayback Machine, buddy. Fire it up. Turn on the accelerators, shift it into gear, and whammo! We're back in the 90s. Parachute pants, presidential scandals, what else? Nickelodeon television shows, um, a lot of lime green, a lot of orange, a lot of purple. That's what I remember, Tim. Mm-hmm. And I remember... Uh, okay, well, look, we're 90s kids, you and me. Sure That's we are. Safe to say, right? We were born, both of us, in 1990. So... We were... Checkmate. We were 10 freaking years old at the turn of the millennium. That's old. So, uh, you know, the 90s stuck to our ribs a little bit, if you if you ask me. Um, 90s music, my man. What a time. Am I right? You have never been more right, Tim, and you've been right before, but never more right. Whew. Feels good. So, uh, okay, so the, th- the each of us prepared a list of three. Um, for me, it's the most uh, definitive 90s music. It's not necessarily my favorite 90s songs or the best, in my opinion. It's just kind of, when I think of the 90s, how do I summarize it? in songs is that kind of how you approached this yeah so um 
again, as our listeners know, Tim and I don't speak to each other during the week before these podcasts, um, only to kind of talk about what we have to do for the pod. So I didn't get much clarification on this, but Tim, I did mostly do that. It was, you know, it was a a toss-up because I was deciding whether or not to pick, like, my three favorite 90 songs or, like you said, the three that I really think define the epoch of the 90s. And I sort of split the difference. Um, Yeah, I sort of actually. I have, yeah. I, I mean... We'll 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 talk about it, but I think it will make sense to both you and all of our, I assume, three hundred plus by now subscribers. <laughs> it has to be at the rate we're going. <laughs> have to be there by now, right? I don't think in these six songs we're going to capture, you know, the entire yeah. the the entirety of the nineties. How but could one? Exactly. So, uh, what mattered the most to us in the nineties? In music. Do you mind if I kick us off? Go ahead. Okay. So uh, we'll go chronologically here. Um, And the first song comes to us from across the pond, actually. We're going to Sweden, my man. Oh, boy. I can't wait. All That She Wants by Ace of Bass. Oh, yeah, my man. You know this song? Of course you do. Of course I know this song. I almost chose this song. Well, not this one, but a different one from this band. A different Ace of Bass song? Yes. So here's why I picked this one. Let's listen for a second. Um, because I think this song is... Hmm. Garbage? <laughs> Mainly because of this verse right here. Yeah, this is real bad. It's it feels like it was written by a broken robot to me. But then here's this chorus. You know, so it's this this reggae thing that they're doing. Um 1994 in Sweden, apparently a really weird time. But Ace of Bass has this sound that is so quintessentially 90s to me. It is. The synths, the drums, the Listen, vocal filters. Man, this that's this is a great, great choice to kick off, I think, because uh, this absolutely encapsulates the 90s, at least the, well, well I was, you know, I was going to say the early 90s, all of the 90s, because what it is is Swedish pop coming over to the States. Right, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that is what happened in the '90s, and all of our you know top forty that we listen to even today is a direct and like obvious descendant from that. So, right, and it's this is a hilarious song because it's catchy, right? It's hooky, and yes. the lyrics make no sense to us really because they were written by Swedes with just a tenuous grasp on English, uh, but we don't care. Right, we we listen anyway, and pop songs don't have to make sense, but they gotta have a couple hooks, and this one uh, definitely does. So what else does it have? It has a little bit of a, a bassy breakdown here. It had a saxophone. You heard that a second ago. I mean, it's checking boxes after box after box. Yep. Um, I I alluded to it. The reason I think this song is so like hilariously bad but great is that first verse is in a major key and then they just flip the switch to minor for the second verse and it becomes just even more of a bummer yes it, it makes sense in a minor key though that first verse sounds like it's malfunctioning by being major i don't understand it at all yeah it's it's but i don't weird. even want to understand it it seems like they just didn't really go back and adjust that like they had planned you know no, exactly. Um, so that is uh, all that she wants. All that she wants. The Ace of Base. The 1993. Archetypical pop song of the 90s, or at least the archetypical pop group, um, all of whom were Nazis, apparently, but that is truly <laughs> a story for another day. <laughs> I cannot get into that right now. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Next up, uh, I don't have a, another song until 1996, so what do okay. you have? Well, here? I have one from 95, Okay, um, and the song itself is almost six minutes long, um, <laughs> so we don't necessarily need to slog through the whole thing, although it is not a slog. Um, Tim, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the band Pulp. Not very familiar at all, actually. Sure. Well, I'm not either, except for this one song called common people. So, a little background on this is uh, it's Britpop, um, which I'm sure we can tell if we listen for one second. And I think that is sort of a it's also quintessential to the 90s, right? Because there were, there were, you know, Oasis and Blur and Coldplay even, you know, and Travis and Radiohead and all these yep. bands were coming from across the pond um, and just wrecking people with this with this new, new, new wave of, of Britpop. And this one, I think, I might be making this up, but I, I feel like I read that it was voted like the number one Britpop song by a bunch of Brits, which I would trust. Um, wow. And, man, this song, it rules. I I don't know. Have you ever heard this song, Tim? It doesn't actually ring a bell. No, they, I think this is the first time I've heard it. Yeah, so let's let's pause just for a minute here. Yeah. For a moment and listen to the lyrics here. So funny, I suggest. I can't see anyone else smiling. Are you sure? You wanna live like common people You wanna see whatever common people see Wanna sleep with It feels like a, a remnant from the 80s to me almost It does Well, 90, what did I say? This came out in 95 Yeah It was, uh, it just jumped the fence, you know? Sure And so it really it really starts to rock here um, as, as it progresses It keeps building all the way to the very end Um I love it, and it's it it rules. I, I would I would recommend that you listen to it, you know, in your own time too. Both you, Tim, and again, our 300 plus subscribers. But yes. I'm so I'm a big fan of sort of British and Irish, you know, protest songs, marching, you know, mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. stuff. And this is this is wild because this is like a modern protest song. It's like it's just a class warfare song. And I love I, it, and I think it's great. And uh, I like this. You know, this guy. I, I like this because so much British pop from the '90s is so self-serious and just down, right? I mean, it really, yeah. Oasis, really the is. Verve, everybody, Radiohead, obviously, they're all doing this just bummer stuff, and it's great. You know, Wonderwall is terrific, of course, but sure. hey, this is this is a breath of fresh air. Yeah, this one it kicks, and it's you know it's it's fun. Basically, it's always fun to scream at rich people, especially if they're you know slumming it and trying to be poor. It's just it's really solid, uh, you know. It's really solid class warfare in in song form, and I think it's just uh, it really encapsulates, if not the '90s as a whole, then definitely uh, what Britpop was doing at its best. I'll say fabulous. Thank you for bringing that one. Of course, Tim. Truly my pleasure. Okay, next up, I've got a song from 1996. You got anything earlier than that? I sure don't, Tim. You and I love this song. We, You and I, off mic, have flipped over this song a few times, I think. But I think we would be remiss if we did not include the Verve Pipe performing <sighs> The Freshman. If this opening guitar lick doesn't just make you want to, I mean, you know, (laughs) run through the halls of your high school and scream at the top of your lungs, I don't know what will. When I was young, I knew everything. She a punk who rarely ever took it back. Oh, man. And the thing about this song, so, uh, okay, the Verve Pipe. We should talk about this. Not to be confused with the Verve. That's the first sentence of the Wikipedia page. Uh, 
a band out of Michigan. They are listed as alt-rock and post-grunge. Sure. And maybe that's true, but who could know? Because for all intents and purposes, they've got one song, and baby, this is it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, this is the one song. For the love of me, I cannot remember what made us But the thing about the Verve Pipe is that this is a band that is fraught with interesting details. (laughs) I still remember the day, several years ago, Matt, when you and I realized that the Verve Pipe, honest to God, made a genre shift to become a children's band after, you know, album after album after album after this one hit did nothing for them. (laughs) They pivoted to become a kid's band. That's right. We spent um, the better part of an evening, if not a week, just kind of learning about that. And incredible, just really incredible news. If you guys didn't know that, uh, now you know the band that recorded The Freshman is now, or at least was several years ago, a children's band. We haven't really checked in in a while on this, but they have pivoted back to alt-rock. They just released, I think last year, two years ago maybe, a new album. Whatever. Who cares? Wow. I can't find it right now on YouTube, but do you remember the video? And it was basically, it was just some random dude posted it. And I think the title was like, here's the Verve Pipe playing in the backyard. Yep. Yep. I sure do. And it was like a number of years after the fame of the freshman. They have. Okay. So they had quite a fall. If you want to call it that, honestly, maybe we should commend them for, you know, finding a way to, uh, to, you know, to adapt or die, I guess. Right. Uh, but this song, we should talk about this song. This song is amazing. It's, it's gut-wrenching. It's really, it, then I don't know how much the 90s brought us in terms of real emotional pathos. You know what I mean? I mean, it mm-hmm. was, it was a little bit more of a neon-soaked, uh, era than, I don't know, the 60s or indie country, but this really just hard to get through, you know? I mean, in a good way. It's great. It rules. They did an amazing job. It's stripped down. It's got to be like six tracks on the recording maximum. Yeah, there's barely anything to it. Hardly anything happening, but the vocals you can hear are raw and I mean lyrically it's wonderful and absolutely sure of what it is and this song is I think really important to the 90s it you know it's it's in that vein of blind melon mm-hmm. smashing pumpkins and Nirvana unplugged like it's it it this is a very specific like, I don't want to call it pre-emo because I don't think that's right. Right. I was um, I was just going to also not call it that, but want to. But you know what I mean. Like, it is absolutely emotionally sure of itself. So that's the Verve Pipe uh, with the Freshman. I love that song. Incredible. Um, well, Tim, thank you for bringing that to the table. I had, <laughs> as I always do, forgotten about that song. But, man, they really did it up good. <laughs> They really did. They did. What do you got next here? So my next one is perhaps the most obvious 90s song. Um, The first one you'd pick on a lot of lists. And I chose it for that reason, but also because I do think it's an amazing song. And also, even better now, because we just talked about the Ace of Bass. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess it's just Ace of Bass. It's not the Ace of Bass. (laughs) Um... (laughs) We just talked about them and how they were really the spiritual godfathers of uh, so many things, honestly. Um, And so the one I've chosen, Tim, is simply a little song called Baby One More Time by Britney Spears Incorporated. Hugely important. That opening, that opening riff... Just that those pianos, yes. that piano chord, it is 
undeniable. Mm. And then now, if you listen to the track here, this just sounds like Ace of Bass done five years better, which is what it is. Good point. It's funny, I've never made that correlation, but you're totally right. It's, and not to get too nerdy here, because this is the main thing I would talk about if I had a podcast just by myself. Yeah. But Max Martin, uh, he is the man behind too many hits to name. Uh, he's yep. from Sweden, and he uh, his studio in, over there in Sweden before he came to the U.S. Uh, had a lot to do with the success of Ace of Bass, um, and that sound was largely his and his collaborators. And so he came over to the States, and he had written this song, Baby One More Time, and pitched it to TLC, pitched it to, I think, five, if you remember who they You're were. kidding. And uh, he gave it to Britney, and she loved it, and uh, it became what it is today. This is one of those songs, like, okay, Verve Pipe, Freshman, maybe, you know, I think it's important, but it's it's not as ubiquitous as this. This is one of those songs that will be in... You know, hundred-year time capsules yes. of music. This is this is an absolute diamond, and really, like, I don't think it's overstepping to say that this is the or one of the flagship '90s songs. Yep, that's like, totally this, right. This is it, man, and and it's interesting as well because you think so. Max wrote this, and he, you know, the lyrics again. Don't make a ton of sense. Um, no. What he meant, apparently, when he wrote this chorus, hit me, baby, one more time, meant, like, hit me up on the phone, right? Which sure. does not really translate, <laughs> at least not without <laughs> some explanation. Um, but it doesn't matter. Do you care? I don't care. No, it does not matter. No. Uh, we're not looking for deeper meaning. We want some delicious bubble gum to chew on. And, man, this is... This is some high-quality Bazooka Joe. One more point that I want to make about this vein of 90s music that I love. The drums are in a soundproof box. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, there is no reverb. These are the tightest just... Yep. It's <laughs> The drum machines are so good, and you don't hear it like that anymore. No, it's, and I mean... That is such a signal of, of 90s music yes, for me. Yes, it is just dry bones drums in a tiny, tiny box. Um, oh, boy. And I and I miss it, frankly. I, I, <laughs> I wish there were more. Britney uh, Spears, baby one more time. Ellipsis, baby one more time. I love that, too. That's right. That's why I paused before announcing the title. Thank you. Um, my next song comes from 1999. Do you have anything earlier than that? No, I have one from 1999. I hope it's not the same pick. If you ask me that the 90s sound carried over into like 2000, 2001, 2002 even. I mean, yep. especially like the 90s band. You know what I mean? The American 90s band or singer-songwriter. That that thing had legs. Um, yes. But... I'm not bringing this song necessarily because of the music around it, but much of it lyrically is extremely important to me in terms of the 90s. So give a listen to She's So High by Tal Bachman. I would argue a top 10 instrumental intro to a song in the 90s. I would also argue that. Tim, I got to tell you now, this was one of my picks. <laughs> I thought this might happen. Oh, man. This this is what... So, this is the song that I told you I really admired that is not going to be on any best of lists. Yeah. But, man. It should be, though. Listen, listen to this Listen to this. <laughs> She's so lovely, she's so high, 
is superb. It's it's absolute gold. Not a single misstep. No, it's perfect. The instrumentation is perfect. His voice is killer. And he's doing that thing where you sing the word high way higher than everything else. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing about this song that I love. This is one of a series of 90s songs. Yes, I, I know what this, you're going to say. Keep I going. know you do. I, I don't think this kicked off that trend, but it's super important for this. One, songs where guys are just describing girls. Yep. And... I mean, I'm thinking like Meet Virginia. I am too. <laughs> like, just here's a list of the things she is. Yep, the that Matchbox Twenty One. Um, yes, there are so many, too many to name, and they crack me up. They are the funniest <laughs> kinds of songs I've ever ever heard. And Tim, you and I have talked about this frequently because of how much they crack us both up. So it's yeah. So it's songs about songs describing women, but it's also. A song about not being able to uh, have right it's or be with this woman. Describing the unattainable woman. But basically being fine with it. <laughs> yes. Like there's nothing. He's not sad about this, really. She's just high above him. She's so lovely. That's great. He doesn't seem upset at all. It is a hyper-specific lyrical genre that was invented in the 90s, and there is no greater form of comedy to me. <laughs> but it's true. It's, it's but you know, the male gaze. Uh, it, it totally is. Stenciled onto some phenomenal pop songs. And perhaps more insidious because it is on such a fabulous song, right? Yes. It sounds so pure and innocent. <laughs> but it is such a dumb thing. It's it is so, so stupid. And I just, I think, you know, we sure don't know the struggles of, of women because we are white males, as we've said before on this podcast. Uh, but I don't know. It just seems a little disgusting to be just to be singing this, I guess. This is also a hugely important trait of almost all country music now. Oh, man. Maybe because of Tal Bachman. Um, one more note on this, uh, listener, I invite you to head to Twitter and go to at Tal Bachman. This is a guy, he does not have a very, he's not verified, but I'm 98% sure it's him. He has 2,235 followers. Um, I think he might be angling for a job as like, a right-wing political analyst, even? Oh, boy. He's living a quiet life, weighing in on various cultural touchstones and musical moments to the tune of five to ten favorites and one to four retweets to, on every tweet. That is so good to hear. Um, I'm gonna, My last thing about this song is that I guess it also charted in, like, Norway, I think. Maybe Sweden. Oh, really? Uh, with a different guy singing it. Uh, his name is Kurt Nilsson, and the song is called She's So High, written by <laughs> Tal Bachman, and it is the ex- it is almost a note-for-note recreation. <laughs> it's called a cover, but it is not a cover. The guitar solo is literally exactly the same, except mm. for the last like four notes. It is super funny uh, to listen to, and I would recommend if you're a fan of uh tal's version listen to kurtz because it's the same thing and see if you can tell the difference um so okay i guess that's our both the last one for both of us yeah i mean Um. we we did expect this to happen but we we were hoping it wouldn't but i guess my last my last um entry would just be hip-hop I don't yeah, know. I was gonna say we we blew past a huge subset of '90s music. Yeah, um, I was this close to bringing getting jiggy with it. Um, oh, man, yeah, that's a, good. As but that is not even a hip hop song, honestly. Like almost just as I almost brought it just to say, here's what everybody was listening to. If they were a hundred percent sure, they would never listen to Biggie or Pac. Sure. Um, other honorable mentions that I really wanted to bring, but you know. Three is three. One Week by Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, that's very uh, good. Don't Speak by No Doubt. Um, the Way by Fastball. Oh, boy. <sighs> that's great. 
That's it. But we we shouldn't even talk about them because there's our definitive five songs that define the 1990s in music. <laughs> Thank you for uh, your contributions there, Matthew. Hey, it's no problem. I love to listen to music. <laughs> I've known that about you for a long time. Uh, we'll be right back. We're heading to Planet Money after this. Oh, wasn't that fun? Uh, prescient commentary, invaluable insight, and a little and a little taste of the simpatico that Matt and I uh, so often encounter in our recording sessions and outside our recording sessions as adult human friends. The next segment I'll play for you from our previous life as podcasters is uh, not about music, but it is relevant because it was a time when Matt and I uh, were pretending to be new parents. Uh, And we decided to share some of the the wisdom that we had obtained as new parents uh, with all of our listeners. And we did so while also role-playing some scenarios to better illustrate that wisdom. Uh, This was a fun one. You know, now, at least one of us is actually a parent. And, you know, as I listen back to this segment, I think, doggone it, we were exactly right. This is this is all really good advice. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this uh, advice from Two New Dads. That's episode 22 of Grammar Matters and Stuff That Isn't Funny. Why don't you start us off, buddy? What's your first tip? Sure. So me being a new father uh, with my two-month-old <laughs> child. Mm-hmm. It has been difficult, and I think this is something that every parent goes through, I'm assuming, when it's just, it's as simple as, why will my kid not sleep through the night, <sighs> right? And we've, we've all read the parenting forums, probably by this point, and the magazines, and the tips and tricks, uh-huh. but that's... Even though this is such an amazing and beautiful time in all of our lives, there are practical considerations, right? And if your kid's not sleeping through the night, you're, you're not sleeping through the night, of frankly. You're, you're, you got to get up, you got to feed it, you got to change it, you got to take it for a walk, mm-hmm. you, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it can screw with your day and your mental health and your physical health, uh, your emotional health, absolutely. And... My tip that I have learned in the last two months of being a parent yes. is just, frankly, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I love that's it. What I would, that's what I would say. Uh, because I hear, you know, we go to the park with, with, I go to the park with my child. Yes. And all the other moms and stay-at-home dads, uh, of which I am one, uh-huh. and of which I am not ashamed and frankly proud. Um, a single father, we hang too. Out. That's, that's hard. <laughs> that's right. That's also true. I didn't, I wasn't going to mention that, but I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. And it, no, no, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's, it's absolutely fine. I prefer it, frankly. I don't, I want to do this my way. <laughs> But anyway, we go to the kid park, uh, and we all hold our little bundles of joy, and we sit there, and we smoke cigarettes, and we drink coffee, mm. and we complain. We just moan about how our kids are behaving, and they're not sleeping through the night. And frankly, we're we're complaining because we're so tired, Tim. Uh-huh. We're just so tired. We got these bags under our eyes. Our hair's falling out. We've all lost or gained 50 pounds, give or take. And what I have been saying recently at when, when, we, when I go there yes. with my child is, guys, look, just don't worry about it. Hmm, you know? Nice. And, and for me, that, that works. And I just stop <laughs> sort of worrying about it. Can we, uh, can we give an example? <laughs> I, will, I will try my best. To give an example of what I mean okay. when I say don't worry about your kid not sleeping through the night. 
So should we uh, should we start the next episode here of Black Mirror or or boy, I mean that was a great one, but I could watch another. Well, let's see. It's uh, 1:15 a.m. The dang baby's crying. Uh, he or she sounds very distressed. Do you want to go? Should you? I, I mean, I can I can go if you need to take care of that. No, it's fine, man. You stay here. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go check and see what the deal is. Okay. Um, Stress-free. I'm just gonna wander off into the into the child's room really quick and see what's going on. That's great. Okay. Uh, but I'll be right back. Don't start the next episode without me. Okay. I'm just gonna scroll through my phone while while I wait for you to return. Sure. Why don't you do that? Okay. Here I go. Okay. Let's see what's trending. Oh wow, Michael Cohen. Yikes. Oof. Can we trust that guy or not? I mean, he he shredded his credibility. In that first testimony when he lied to Congress. And yet, what does he have to lie about now? Maybe we can trust him. Hmm. I'm going to have to read some takes. Hey, Tim. Oh, hey. Hey, so I'm back. Um, My newborn child was just kind of raising a ruckus for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I heard um, that. Kids. <laughs> but, yeah, man, kids. But what I did was... uh. I disconnected the baby monitor, so we should be fine now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, is that was that? I mean, do you feel like that's responsible of you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that my instincts as a new father are uh, (laughs) really good, Uh Um, and I think that sometimes. And let me just say, let me just say, I totally agree. Right, I th- that's nice to hear. I appreciate the su- support. Um, I do need it, but yeah, I've I think that if you just let them kind of f- cry for a bit and realize that you can't give them everything that they want all the time, yeah. that they learn faster that you know socialism is a scourge, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do. So why don't we just turn the volume up a little bit so uh-huh. maybe we can't hear okay gonna the dumb kid let's fire up another episode hey whatever it's you know we, we got time and there you go that's great and there it is yeah i mean and and for me like that was a hypothetical would i ever unplug the baby monitor no i wouldn't because i don't have one but sure uh but i i don't think that you need to rework your schedule around some tiny human being who's just kind of trying to ruin your night sure and you know what i mean uh this actually leads us into my first tip pretty well and that is uh listen matt you get it i get this it's it's hard and you have a you have this new vulnerable life and it's your responsibility now and there's the thing is the thing is when they give you the baby you know at the hospital they don't give you a handbook. There's no <laughs> manual that comes with they, this. There sure is not, Tim. And so my first piece of advice is this. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. <sighs> exactly. That's what I meant. That's what I mean when I say that I think my instincts are good. As soon as you are a parent, I believe deep down in my bones that... There's something inside of us that just, there's a switch that flips and uh, we tap into something new that we, that wasn't there before, but it's this, it's this parental instinct. So you you need to trust your instincts. And, and here's the thing. Everybody's been here. You know, we all know what it's like. It's, it's scary and. No one's going to be there to tell you if you handled it correctly or incorrectly, but you will just know if you're doing a good that job. That you handled or not. it correctly. And the answer yes. is you did a good job. You did. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because that that parental instinct is I believe a type of superpower. Yes. Especially in moms. Mhm. Uh especially in new mothers. Uh and I think moms have this incredible ability mm-hmm. to 
I don't want to say be infallible uh, because we are human. Of course. But it is a superpower and and they see things that they that a normal person, a lesser person might not see. Uh, they hear things, they they have these this spidey sense, this mom sense that just allows them to be operating at peak um, performance. Yes. Can we at all times? And we, I think that's incredible. Let's, let's display this here quickly. Sure. Mommy? Yes, Ma- child? Mommy? Um. Yeah. I have a question. You know you can ask me anything. How many quarters can you eat before you have to go to the hospital? Oh, did you eat some quarters? Yeah, I had nine. I'm trying oh, a tenth, but I can't get it down. Nine. Oh, honey, that's... Two dollars and twenty-five cents. Should I try nickels or something instead? No. Hey, come here. Come sit on mom's lap. Okay. How are you feeling? How are you feeling, buddy? Oh, you know, just kind of the same as usual. Sort of dumb and kind of, um, you know, confused but excited. Sure. Yeah, I understand. I think I should go to the hospital. What do you think? No, look, so it's okay. Um, I would caution you, honey, against eating quarters or any sort of currency again. Um, But I do understand uh, that you have autonomy, even at your age, and I respect that. Thank you. And... And so, if you want to eat nine or ten quarters, I can't stop you. That's true. But I love you. And I love you too. I hope that you would make good decisions, um, continue to make good decisions, because who's to say uh, what sort of moral gravity there is? I can't feel my at, arms and legs um, at this point, but mom. Okay, yeah. I trust you exi- just. Completely, and you should. And if you don't think I need to go to the hospital over this, I believe you. But yeah, I think you'll be fine. I wish I hadn't eaten these quarters. (laughs) I think you'll be fine. Why don't you run along and play Call of Duty? I can do that. I'm okay at that game. I'll be okay. I'll be in that room. Okay. All right. Don't come out. Mom has wine club soon. Sure, I understand the rules. And there you go. A perfect example of trusting your paternal or maternal <laughs> instincts. And your child trusting them as well. <laughs> it's And that's the thing. Great. If you can teach your child at a young age to have absolute trust in you, <laughs> listen, things are going to go a lot better for you on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Matt, what's your next piece of advice? So my next piece of advice, Tim, is important, I think, for both of us. Um, because as you said, as you sort of outed me earlier, I am a single father. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and I think one of the most important things you can do when you, when you have a, a child, a new child, especially mm-hmm. is find and maintain and rely on your support system. Yes. Because, because that is is so important um it's really especially for guys like me um or even you know even happy happy couples uh it gets exhausting so if you have you know your parents maybe an aunt and uncle your your siblings the police you know, department uh, the fire the department police, yeah exactly the the county in general uh-huh. i think having them uh, sort of by your side is is invaluable. It helps so much. Uh, let's let's give let's give the folks an example. Oh, I've got a package here, and uh, and let's see a few enveloped letters for uh, Mister Mister Matt. Is that you? That's me. Well, Hello. Of course, I know it's you. I deliver your mail every day here to this you house. You sure do. You're part of my support system, and as you know. I recently That's weird to say. Go on. 
I recently had a child. Yes, congratulations. Um, thank you. A single so, father. That's right. That's right, I am. You've seen my magazines. <laughs> I, I know a lot about you, I'm afraid. Go on. Anyway, I was wondering, uh, me and the fellas wanted to hang out tonight down at Dempsey's Irish Pub. Oh, I love um, Dempsey's. So do I, so much. Um, Two for one uh, whiskey whiskey bomb, bombs today. Yeah, that's I right. I that's believe. what. That's right. Wow. Yeah. But um, anyway, my question was: since you work for the government, yes, would you mind babysitting tonight? Well, I can. I thought you were inviting me to. Okay, that's okay. I. Well, a few things about this. I certainly can, not necessarily as a representative of the U.S. government, but I would be happy to come by tonight and uh, just keep an eye on your little boy or girl, whichever, and uh, just kind of make sure everything is going smoothly. I would uh, love to be that uh, that support to you. Uh, I know being a new parent can be uh, can be sort of uh, <laughs> tough, so I'd be happy to uh, to help you with that. I, I guess, Matt, it's uh, my pleasure. Frankly, I'd be glad to. <laughs> that is so great. Well, just come by every hour or two. You don't have to stick around. Um, oh. He or she is pretty self sufficient. So. Uh, I really appreciate this, uh, and maybe, hey, next week, if things go well, we can uh, go to Dempsey's, you and me, and my friends, this, and your friends. This seems like the start of a friendship, and I love those, so I'm excited and honored. A- as am I. Thank you so much. Time to go deliver Mr. more Mailman. mail. Hmm. That is a lovely example of finding and growing your support system. Mm-hmm. That's right. Amazing. You can... People, the thing is, people love babies, and so they will always help. Everybody loves babies. Um, my final piece of advice is this, and something that I know, Matt, you understand, and the two of us as new parents must cling to in these in these lovely days. You gotta keep your sense of humor. <laughs> How true. You must not allow the heavy burden of caring for another life that could end with the slightest mistake on your on your part. <laughs> Bog you down. You mustn't allow that because that's not life. You got to live your life. You have to live love. But don't forget that middle one. Laugh. You got to do that too. Only with the trifecta of living, laughing, and loving will you find true um, peace. Sure, I would say. Yeah, I would say. Well, here's here's an example of keeping your sense of humor as a parent. All right, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, wasn't that funny, kid? Yeah. What did the man say? He was making a joke about, oh, you know, about doing the laundry. You get it. Oh, man, I do so much of your dumb laundry, kid. <laughs> yes, yeah. Hey, Dad, wanna... can we go home? Can we go home? Well, no, he's just about to start his second set. We can't just, we can't leave right now. I mean, we paid for... Dad. <sighs> Listen. I'm so tired. It's 11.30 p.m. Listen. It's past my bedtime. Hey, 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 Kenny, Ken, what have we talked about? To not complain ever. No, that's not what we talked about. We talked about keeping our sense of humor. <laughs> How are you ever oh. going to f- have a sense of humor if you don't enjoy some comedy, kid? <laughs> Stand up comedy. Look at that stage. Look at that microphone. It's glistening with his spittle. That's wonderful, kid. You're going to be a comic someday. And the only way you're going to learn is by observing. So, do you want an, do you want another whiskey coke? Maybe just a coke this time. Okay, that's responsible of you. I can get you a coke. 
Uh, don't move. I will be uh, right back. Daddy needs to get some more popcorn, too, so uh, just don't move, okay? I'll be right here, I assume. Okay, I'll be right back. And there you go. That there, kid has simple a, as that. That kid has a bright future. He, the, it's important because his father clearly, is, while maintaining his own sense of humor, is sort of forcibly instilling <laughs> a sense of humor in his child, which is great. Generations upon generations of humor. I don't, so important. I don't see anything going wrong in that family anytime soon. So there you go. The, just a few pieces of advice on uh, how to make your parenting adventure um, as joyful as possible. I think we crushed it, Matt. I think we crushed it. Um, if you liked this segment, if you are a new parent, a new mom or a new dad, mm-hmm. or if you know any new parents, please uh, refer them to this <laughs> so that they might learn a little something and maybe uh, increase their quality of life and earning potential. And there you have it. Some mirthful... Uh, joyful uh, audio magic brought to you by Matt and Tim. I hope you've enjoyed this journey uh, in the time machine, the Wayback Machine, as we apparently called it, uh, in the 20th episode of that podcast. I know I have enjoyed this. Uh, It's great to reflect on one's memories Facebook and Instagram and any number of social media platforms know this and uh, capitalize on it when they present you with memories of photos you took or statuses you posted uh, from X years ago, and they drag it out in front of you for you to laugh at or uh, cringe at, perhaps. It It all depends on your age and and the time in your life that you uh, had those thoughts or shared that content. Uh, Well, Matt and I have put out a lot of content out out here into the uh, audio verse, and we stand by every second of it. We revel in this stuff. Uh, It's a joy to go back in time and hear how cool and smart we've always been. And so I will just leave on a confident note, uh, confident also that Matt and I will be back in good health and uh, full of our vocal range and timbre, and we'll be ready to share new insights and crackerjack commentary on any number of topics, music or otherwise, here on our podcast that we call Ear Buddies. Thank you for listening. And have a great day.